and thank you for listening to Jollyville Radio. Michael Crosey here to say Happy Halloween! This episode is dedicated to our friends Abby and Alan at the Lunatics Radio Hour podcast. I'll be playing two skits that were actually written for their show, um, but one of which takes place here in the Jollyville universe. Real quick though, have you heard Hello Listener, You're on the Air? It was a big collaboration with Abby and Alan from two years ago. If you haven't heard it yet, drop everything you're doing and go listen now. It's episode 116. It's awesome. I know you're going to love it. Anyway, uh, the main character from that episode is Malakoff Radio host Terry Mitchum, who you'll hear again in this show. Then, I'm excited to share a song called Monster Monstera, which is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and just about anywhere else you stream music. Finally, we'll replay our Community Beat interview with Abby about the kinds of community and connection that come with horror. It's super interesting. I think you'll really enjoy it. We are hard at work making Season 5, and we hope to have some more tidbits between now and when we're ready to publish. But in the meantime, the show starts now. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Terry Mitchum in Malakoff, and you're listening to Terry After Midnight on 88.3 KOFF. We're taking callers to share real-life spooky stories. Hello, listener. You're on the air with Terry. Oh, well, okay, well, oh, I, I, got a, I, I got a story for you. And just who am I speaking with? My, my, my name's Maple, like the tree. My, my parents were hippies. Okay, Maple, what have you got for me? Okay, 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 so uh, this happened way back when I was in college. I went to some tiny little school in the woods where everyone has a job, and they make you work to help upkeep the campus. I, I majored in psychology, but I worked as a locksmith. In the woods? What, like the middle of nowhere, Kentucky? Well, North Carolina, but yeah, middle of nowhere. So I was a locksmith, right? One night I get this phone call that I gotta go to the gym for an emergency unlock. And boy, howdy, was it pitch black that night. No moon, nothing. It was only like 8.30, but it was the middle of winter, so the sun had already long since set. I didn't have a car, so I'm walking by myself with nothing but the lights following me. Whoa. There were lights following you? Well, not like Marfa ghost lights, just street lights. Explain. Okay, so uh, a really long time ago, like 2015 or something, somebody found a straight-up foot on campus. No shoe, no ankle, just foot. Everyone said coyotes, but they could never figure out who the foot belonged to. People got real upset, and, and, and the parents made a big safety campaign to put up street lights. You didn't have street lights in 2015? Yeah, but it's like in the woods, right? That's just how it is. A bunch of people really like it for its natural beauty, especially the people that had been there for a while. And if you wanted to do anything like that, you had to go through Thor. Thor? Let me guess. His parents were hippies, too. Nah, Thor is just a nickname. He was a staff member in charge of the student electrician crew. He had been there a really long time. Nobody knows for sure how long. Wow, how old was this guy? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But this dude's straight up a geezer. Like, really old. Yeah, he'd be at least in his 40s. So anyway, this dude Thor was all like, heck no, no, we're not going to have a bunch of street lights in the middle of the woods. But they didn't let up. So he compromised by putting motion sensors on them so that they only turn on when somebody walks by. So when you walk across campus, the light follows you. Exactly. Okay, so back to the story. Right. Anyway, so I'm walking the road to the gym, and I could hear it getting louder. Squeeze, squash, squeeze, squash. 
Oh, no. What was it? It was the gym. That's what I said. Explain. So our college mascot is the Summer Squashes. Hippies? Well, yeah, it used to be the Sasquatches until there was a whole student movement about cultural appropriation, and they changed it to the Summer Squashes. Squee, squash is the chant they do between the basketball team and the crowd. So I do the thing. I unlock the visiting team from the locker room. Finish the call. Now, I'm not usually one to watch sports ball, but I didn't really want to go back out into the dark, so I stuck around for a minute. I love people watching, so I was looking at the crowd and stuff. And by the crowd, I mean a small crowd. Our stadium is practically a garage with bleachers. Then all of a sudden, I lock eyes with Thor across the room. He must have already been staring at me. We were on the opposite sides of the court, but I could feel his bright blue eyes reaching right into my soul. I felt this icy pit right in my chest. I tried to look away, but I felt like I was being sucked into it. That sounds intense. Yeah, it, it was really intense. I felt like he was blasting a spotlight right at me. I decided to get the heck out of there, so I reached down for my toolbox, and when I looked up, he had gone. Okay, so some guy goes to the bathroom, and you want me to believe he's a ghost or something? What? No, no, I, I, was, I wasn't finished. Explain. So I left the gym and headed back to my dorm. It was pitch black out, and my eyes were still adjusting from being inside the gym. I had that feeling like something was off. Something was watching me. But I kept walking and tried to ignore that feeling. So I'm walking, I'm walking. The streetlights were turned on as I walked under them, but I could tell that there's somebody else out. Then up ahead, maybe 50 yards or so, I saw one of the lights come on in the distance. Was there somebody there? No, at first I thought it was a dog. But then I heard it give a yell and start yipping. It was a coyote, glaring right at me. I could hear the other coyotes in the woods returning the howl. They were excited. They were hungry. The coyote stepped towards me. And the next light came on. Then it started to run. So what did you do, Maple? Well, I turned and ran too, man. I started running back towards the gym. I, I tried to keep tabs on it over my shoulder, but that was impossible. I couldn't even tell if it was just the one or if more had joined, but I could see the lights were getting closer and closer to me. It was a lot faster than I was, especially with the tool belt on. I tried screaming, but they couldn't hear me with the basketball game going on. Then all of a sudden, all the lights went off. Wait, like the street lights went off? Yeah, I couldn't see a thing, so of course I fell instantly. My tools scattered everywhere, so I tried to reach around for something to defend myself with. I found a hammer and, and my cordless drill and finally got to my feet. It took me forever. I thought for sure they would have pounced already, but instead I heard the howling again. I could feel my heart pounding as I tried to see them around me, but again, they didn't attack. I started hearing a scuffle, like a noise and gnarling and whimpering and stuff. You think they were fighting each other? Well, I thought so at first, but then I saw it. The outline of a big, towering sheep right about where the coyotes should be. It looked like a person, kind of, but it was as tall as the streetlights. It looked like it was absolutely going to town on these coyotes. I don't know if you've ever been ready to fight for your life, only to end up standing there like an idiot, but it's a really weird feeling. I mean, honestly, what was I going to do with a Phillips head bit against wild animals? Are you telling me Bigfoot saved you from coyotes? Okay, look, I don't know if it was Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti. I'm not a scientist. But when it finished with the coyotes, I was standing there like a big dumb idiot. It turned and looked right at me. The icy blue eyes locked with mine, and I felt like it was looking right into my soul. I couldn't look away. I felt my chest turning icy again. My brain told me I was in danger, but I didn't feel worried somehow. It blinked slowly and turned towards the woods. Before I knew it, he had gone, and the lights had turned back on.
Could you see the coyotes? Get this. The coyotes were gone. No sign of them. It sounded like there had been at least half a dozen of them. But when I went to where the fight happened, all I found was a single, severed coyote paw laying in the dirt. Ooh, that story gives me the shivers. Thank you, Maple, for telling us that story. I think I'm going to have to check over my shoulder walking to my car tonight. That concludes our show tonight, everyone. Be sure to tune in next time for Terry After Midnight on 88.3 KOFF. After Midnight. Now, just the other day, I was sitting at home minding my own business when I get a knock at the door. Who's there? He said, it's Ben. I said, my cousin Ben? He said, yeah. I said, that can't be right, because he lives in Colorado and I'm in Tennessee. He said, let me in, cousin. I said, okay, and I opened the door. <gasps> it wasn't Benjamin at all. He was green, and he, and he had leaves, and he said, you've been fooled by a clever ruse. You see, I might be wearing Ben's closing shoes, but I'm not him. No, I've got leaves and roots Cause I'm the shape-shifting, body-snatching Monster monster I terrorize and scare ya And now I'm here to make ya A monster like me Yes, I'm the monster monster I terrorize and scare ya Oh, I kill and chlorophyll your little grain Plants like me. Now, some of you might be out there thinking that this is a joke, that I'm being symbolic or hyperbolic, but no, this is vitriolic veritacity. I'm turning into a plant, and I've got roots and leaves coming out of me, and I've even got holes in my leaves, and I'm getting hungry, and I'm getting hungry for more plants, and people are turning to plants. I think it's time to go up to New York, and you want to know why? You might think that you're friends of mine, but take a really close look at your auxiliary line and your speakers and earbuds. Oh, they're actually vines. <laughs> That's right, you're all propagants of mine. Monster Monster. Left in New Jersey. Better watch out. I'm gonna knock on your door. Who's there? It's the Monster Monster. Monster Monster. Terrorize and scare ya. Monster Monster. I came here to make ya. Monster Monster. Into a plant like me. Monster Monster. Monster Monster. Monster Monster. Monster Monstera. Monster Monstera.
Monster Monstera Monster Monstera Monster Monstera Monster Monstera A Monstera like me This is Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar turning the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. Joining us on the dark side of Purple Street Studio, Abby Brinker, creator of The Lunatics Project, producing creepy short films, horror-themed magazines, and The Lunatics Radio Hour podcast. Abby Brinker, good evening and <laughs> community beats. That's, Hello. That's, uh, that's my best Dr- Dracula. That but was he- great. I loved it. I loved it. I feel all very right. welcome. All right. All right. So of this list from way back in the day, who is your favorite horror movie actor? Vincent Price, Bella Lugosi, Peter Lorre, Lon Chaney or Lon Chaney Jr.? Mm, Bella Lugosi. I think he's a, he's an icon, but it's a hard, that's a hard list. Okay. Okay. That, you know, those are heavyweights. My favorite is Vincent Price. Mm, yeah. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted to, I guess, frighten themselves to death, <laughs> All they need to do is turn on the news, right? That's true. So, uh, people, but people are still drawn to horror movies and slasher movies and ghost stories. What's that all? What, what is that all about? That's interesting. That's a really good observation because you know, like one of my favorite things to point to is that during World War II, um, like the rise in the Universal Monster series, like that's when it happened, and there was more horror movies being made than ever before. And you can see like throughout history correlations, right, between interest in horror and, you know, what you would call like difficult times or or catastrophes or wars and things like that. Um, so there is there is like a natural human response to use horror as a coping method, uh, as a coping mechanism, as a distraction, as um you know, a way to release anxiety, stress, fear. Like a lot of researchers compare it to going on a roller coaster where it's you're nervous and you're scared but you're also grounded right because you're in a theater or you're home and so you know that you're safe but you get to like when you're in a roller coaster like hopefully you know that you're safe you're buckled in you're ready to go um you know you're gonna go on a ride and so it's like a distraction and it it produces dopamine in your brain and it really kind of like taps into this like human feeling of excitement and adrenaline, uh, but like in a controlled environment. Okay. So I don't like roller coasters. (laughs) This is a bad example. (laughs) Or scary movies. Right. Right. But I get the whole dopamine part, you know, producing some type of, you know, euphoria or something behind it. So yeah, that's cool. I remember when uh, Friday, what is it? Uh, Nightmare on Elm. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was, I was working at the theater, so I had to watch it. You know what I mean? I'm looking, Mm -hmm. I'm every five seconds and I would sleep with my light on for like six months after that so my mom got upset because the you know the utility bill was <laughs> <laughs> it was high so yeah that's that's great um when you do projects are you working with uh different artists and creative types and uh, uh people like that yeah for sure I mean a great example is working with Jollyville right you know like I think horror and you know a lot of what we do isn't like in my opinion like super scary like some of it is funny some of it is is more scary than other projects but I think the most fun 
part of the project is getting to work with other artists. Um, and Michael actually just did a story for us that's coming out soon. And when we were recording kind of like the little blurb about it, we were like, yeah, and you can listen to Jollyville to hear them, which is like the opposite of this podcast, but it's still really cool that we get to work together and like do art and like find, you know, common ground. So, um, and that, that happens like again and again. So it's been a really cool project to like meet artists and, um, collaborate and like bring different perspectives to horror, you know? So I was on your website last night, as a matter of fact, and I saw this, uh, sketch where somebody was knocking at your door, mm-hmm. and, you know, you finally let them in and stuff going on. Tell us what goes into a, you know, a little production like that. Oh, sure. So you're talking, I think, about Midnight Visitor, which is one of our most popular like short films. Before COVID, we were primarily making short films and then um, really leaned into the podcast side of things during COVID. But um, short film is sort of like the original part of the project. Um, Alan, who's my romantic and creative partner, uh, he is a sound mixer by profession and a cameraman and Uh, you know, I went to film school, I'm a writer, so it kind of was a natural fit. So there's a lot that goes into these things, but maybe not as much as you would expect, right? So we have to have a script, which either I write or somebody writes. There's there's pre-production, finding the props, finding the location, the actors, and then we film. Like, you know, the, the main thing that we really try to do is make projects like this as accessible as possible. Um, so we do a lot of it ourselves. Nobody really, you know, like there's no barrier for entry. Like if anyone wants to learn about something, we're like, yeah, great, come, you know, be part of it, like be an actor, be, you know, and so it's, there's a quote, I don't know who said it, but there was, there's kind of like a quote from 2019, I think. And, and one of the big filmmakers of the time said, if you have a phone, there's no reason why you can't be making like films with your friends, you know, or you can't be making art in some way, if you want to, like, you don't need expensive equipment and cameras you don't need to spend money to make a project like write a script that doesn't have any budget and that's what we do you know because we don't have like extra income to put towards you know filming short films but you really can work with what you've got and so that's sort of been our mantra throughout it is like don't let budget or anything else get in the way of kind of having like a creative outlet you know one thing too that I learned I didn't really know before but um just with with these films there's so many horror film festivals like there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them just in the U.S. and so there really is like a huge resurgence in the past few years in horror especially in female-led horror female written and directed horror um horror that you know really focuses on societal issues uh like all of that is becoming a lot more important and and not just horror that is um scary and campy which certainly has its part of 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 the genre but I think there's a shift right now towards horror that is um taking on issues right and like using the extremeness of the genre to really like drive points home um like you know for example like iconically like get out right um how like how crafty to use horror to show like the horrors of racism um and so that's like certainly been a huge shift and and it's been refreshing to see even like in the short film side of things and like the no budget film side of things that people are taking on bigger topics so you mentioned uh get out and social issues and horror and telling stories you know that's a deep i don't know i mean as an artist is that difficult for you to do to 
to make that statement to, you know, make the story, but, you know, put that in there about the, the social issue? How, how, what is that process like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a challenge and it's harder than, than just trying to make something that's fun and light or not even fun and light, but like campy and scary, right? It, there's another element to that because you also want to make sure the people who are involved in the project, the people you're collaborating with are represented in what the, the issue is that you're tackling, right? You don't want to um, take on something that's outside of your scope and outside of your, you know, your area of the world, so to speak. So making sure there's representation, making sure that there's feedback and, and that what you're doing is um, not in a vacuum. So yeah, so it, it's more difficult, but of course that doesn't mean that it's not like anything to shy away from. So in September of last year, Abby, you published, self-published, <laughs> named Horror Stories, and it says it's a collection of short stories about monsters and aliens and stuff? <laughs> yes, that's right. For the podcast, but also like since, you know, being a creative writing major, um, I have a lot of short stories. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, creepy short stories, right? Uh, so it, it was, a, I just kind of like ended up with a Google Drive full of them. And I was like, hey, maybe you could put these into a book. Um, and so that was a big project, like a big pandemic project. I worked with my friend who's an editor and kind of, you know, they're not perfect, but, but got them cleaned up a little bit and put them in a nice, beautiful cover by my friend, Emily Graverson. So where can we find Lunatics Project and your horror stories book on the web? Sure. So the Lunatics Project, um, is our Instagram handle. You can find the podcast, which is Lunatics Radio Hour, anywhere you'd listen to podcasts. Um, and Horror Stories is available on my Etsy shop. So there's a link um, in, the, in, in my Instagram bio. <laughs> Abby Brinker, thank you for terrifying us. And we <laughs> the scariest of the scariest. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This has been Jollyville Community B with Uncle Asar and Dig This. No one is afraid of everything, but everyone is afraid of something. <laughs> Rest in peace. And now the credits for episode 4.05. Happy Halloween. Squash, written by Michael Crosa. The voice of Terry Mitchum, performed by Sarah Luke. The voice of Maple, performed by Peter. Produced and edited by Abby Branker and Alan Kudan. First published on September 4th in the Lunatics Radio Hour podcast episode titled Lunatics Library 25 Bigfoot Stories. Monster Monstera, written and performed by Michael Crosa and available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere you stream music. First published on September 26th, 2022 on the Lunatics Radio Hour podcast episode titled Lunatics Library 26, Killer Plants. Community Beat with Abby Branker. Interview conducted by Uncle Asar Alkebulan and produced and edited by Michael Crosa. First published on February 3rd, 2021 in the Jollyville Radio podcast episode titled Episode 205, Salads, Salad Ice Cream. To support Jollyville Radio, you can buy stickers and merch at jollyvilleradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for free. Jollyville Radio and Lunatics Radio Hour are members of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. This recording was made in accordance with social distancing and produced in Chattanooga, Tennessee. For KJVR in Jollyville, I'm Michael Crosa. 
We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.